Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. The Old Testament Proverbs in chapter number one. We're continuing with our series of the five types of fools. Understanding that there are uh, five different words that are translated fool that show up in the book of Proverbs. And that this helps us to know how to deal with people as we face them and to deal with them in a way that will be a help to them and a help to others. If you don't mind, we use Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7 as our starting off text to introduce this entire thing. The book of Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God and thank you for the great privilege it is to be in your house tonight. And Lord, now as we build upon this subject, we're asking that you would be a part of this, that you would work. Lord, I dare not trust my own. There's so many people that could be helped by this message, understanding scripture. And I dare not do it in my own intellect or my own power, my own wisdom, my own strength. The best I know how I surrender my thoughts, my ideas, my ambitions, my goals to you, that you could get your own work accomplished tonight and that we can trust you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the Hebrew language, there are five different words that are translated into our English word fool. We have the simple fool that we had explained at the very beginning. This is someone who... Uh, is just naive and ignorant. He is easily, uh, uh, he's very gullible. He's easily led about. He's just someone who has no discernment. That's the characteristic trait. Last week, we talked about the silly fool. This is a fool that has now progressed and got to the place where he wants his own way and will use his mouth to go ahead and have a fit and, and uh, throw a tantrum and let everyone know that he's upset that he didn't get his way. Now we're progressing to the sensual fool. And if it's not stopped there, they're going to progress to the scorning fool and eventually to the steadfast fool. If you don't mind, <laughs> we define a fool as someone who does not follow the wisdom of God. Someone has a habit that doesn't give regard to God, doesn't follow the wisdom of God. That's why we use Proverbs 1, 7 as the jumping off text that fools despise wisdom and instruction. A fool is someone who doesn't follow the wisdom of God. Now distinguishing between these fools will help us know when to counsel and the type of counseling they should receive. That's very important. We want to make sure that what we give them is going to be effective and helpful for them. We know that there are different degrees of fools and that they go through a, 
uh, steps of a progression, or if you, you want, degression. That they are not separate fools, but they build upon one another. That it, they all start off as the silly fool. And that they just don't understand, they're not corrected, they don't understand there's consequences for their actions. If they are not stopped, then they start to believe that everything should go their way. If they are not stopped, they go to the fool that we'll be speaking about tonight, the sensual fool. And if they're not stopped, they're going to progressively get worse and worse. They need to be stopped at the level that they're at and brought back down. We have to stop them before they go too far. So tonight we're going to talk about the third type of fool, the sensual fool. With this, we know that the sensual fool is known as kessel. That's the Hebrew word kessel. It's one who fails to receive the correction of either parental or public authority or who just reacts to it. We'll describe this in just a second. But there's someone who will... Uh, <clears throat> who fails to receive the correction. So when someone tries to correct their behavior of biblical authority, they are going to react to it. They're going to ignore it. We're going to see how this uh, builds up. The word kessel literally means to be fat, sluggish, dull, or obstinate. Someone who's just, they're, they're not thinking correctly. It denotes one who is bent in making wrong choices. Now this is going to be where we're starting to deviate a little bit from the other fools. Here they have the constant idea of making wrong choices. It's when they come to a, a fork in the road and they're going to automatically choose the wrong choice. Now the first type of fool just didn't have any discernment what was right and wrong and he could be led to either direction. He just doesn't understand consequences. The second one, because he hasn't received consequences, has got the idea that every once in a while he throws a fit and he's upset. He's mouthy about it. But he still feels guilty. And because of that guilt, he's still a good child to a degree. It just needs to be corrected and loved on. Now we turn the corner. This is now a fool who's now determined and bent to make the wrong choices. He was not stopped early enough and now is going to continue to make wrong choices and it's going to leave a path of destruction and broken hearts along the way. He does not have a mental deficiency. Boy, they sure act like it. He rejects the wisdom of God and is set in what brings him immediate pleasure. I don't care about everything else. What makes me happy right now? And again, we look at them and say, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with them is that they just want immediate satisfaction. What makes me happy right now? His God is his belly and he glories in what he should be ashamed of. The idea, we're going to see that in the proverb in just a second. The idea when you see that idea that the God is his belly or they respond to their belly is just a poetical term to say, what makes me happy now? So you ever have that craving? So let's say that your mom made you some good food, but I don't feel like that. So my belly says that instead of the good food that mom wanted me to do, I want McDonald's. You have to be mentally deficient to always want McDonald's, but let's just, you know, you understand that, that we, someone could get to the place that instead of having the homemade meal and the good food, I want what makes me happy now. 
So instead of eating my meal, I'm going to have nothing but Oreos for lunch. Is that good for them? No, but do they think that's what they want? Absolutely. It's what makes me happy. I don't want to eat your garden salad, which is great. I want an Oreo. I want a cookie. Now, I'm using childlike terms for someone that's now teenager to an adult. What makes me happy now? I I don't care what the other stuff is. I don't care if it's good for me. I want this now. This is what makes me happy now. And notice he glories in what he should be ashamed of. Again, now he's starting to turn where the guilt is not there as it once was. Now he's doing wrong choices because it makes him feel good. And he wants to do the wrong thing. Again, instead of eating your supper, I want ice cream and I'm going to eat ice cream. He's glorying in what he shouldn't do. We all know you shouldn't eat ice cream for supper every day. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying a thing. <coughs> that instead of doing what they should do, they glory in what they shouldn't do because it's fun. It's because this is what I want to do. Proverbs 10.23 says this. It is as sport to a fool, and this is the fool we're talking about, the sensual fool. By the way, that's where we call this the sensual fool. It's all about their feelings now. What feels good now. It is as a sport for a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. So this type of fool, it's a game to him to purposely do wrong. Ha ha ha, I know that I'm not supposed to cheat on my test, but I'm going to do it anyways. I know that I'm not supposed to stay out late. My, my parents gave me a time I'm supposed to be home, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's a sport to them to do wrong. Proverbs 13, verses 19 through 20. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from even. Meaning, for fools to say, hmm, to do good or do evil, why wouldn't I do evil? They just are bent to making those wrong choices. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools, this is the sensual fool, shall be destroyed. Someone now, he's got to the place where he is making the choices and he's bringing his dumb friends along with him. And they're going to be hurt, the simple fools that we had talked about before. This sensual fool is starting to get to the place where he's attracting followers. He appears to be very prosperous and thus becomes the object for the simple and silly fool to follow. So here's this guy who's starting to make wrong choices. Hey man, let's skip school and go to the arcade. That may be outdated today, but that's something in my generation. Let's skip school and go to the arcade. Okay, man, that sounds great. They never would have done that on their own, but because this guy says, "Ah, man, arcade sounds better than than going to school anyways. They're starting to make these wrong choices and they look cool doing this. Now, forgive the cultural term, but as an adult, mature person, have you ever watched Happy Days again and saw the fawns and go, what? This is what people looked up to? This is what people respected? This is what people wanted to be like? You know, it's amazing to go back and go, why would people follow? Why would people do that? But to the silly fool, 
And to the simple fool, this guy looks cool. He's breaking the rules. He's getting away with it. He's looking good with it. And the sensual fool is just saying, this is what feels good at the time. School or, or something cool. Homework or play video games. They're getting in the place where they're purposely choosing the wrong choice. Proverbs 1.23, for the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools, the sensual fool, shall destroy them. Notice this, the them there is not the him. The, the ones that are getting slayed are not the sensual fool. It's the simple fool. The simple fool has followed the sensual fool and instead of the sensual fool getting in trouble, it's now the simple. We see this all the time with drunk drivers. So some guy, oh man, it's fine. I'll go drink and drive. Hey, why don't you come with me? And next thing you know, the silly people who went with him are the ones that get hurt. Hey man, let's go steal a car. Okay. And it's always the simple fools that get in trouble where it seems like the sensual fool always gets away with it. Other people are getting hurt because he's making the wrong decisions. Speak not to the ears of a fool. Notice this. For he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Now we start to get to this idea of this fool. This fool now has purposely rejected authority. He doesn't want to hear what's right because he wants to do what's wrong. He will despise thy words. You're not going to tell me what to do. I know I'm 10 years old and you're mom, but you're not going to tell me what to do doesn't look cute then. It doesn't look cute when they get older either. When they get to this idea that they're going to despise the wisdom. Why do you give me a bedtime? That's stupid. I know I'm nine. <laughs> they start to despise it. This is a dangerous path for someone to be in right now. This is very dangerous for anyone to get to. The answer is not counsel. You will not talk wisdom into them because they've already despised it. I don't care what the today's psychology says. It's not going to work. And they found it doesn't work. You're not going to counsel them. You're not going to suddenly give them a Facebook meme and all of a sudden they turn their life around. Amen. What is the answer? Severe punishment. Notice this. Severe what had happened is that they, they were not corrected earlier in life. Now you need more to get their attention. By the way, it is much easier to correct them when they're small and when they're still in the early fold because then you could, don't have to do a lot of correction. When you get to this place, it is going to take a lot of work to turn them around. But you have to. You can't just give up. So many people give up because it's a lot of work. Well, I just talk to them and they don't listen. Yes, you've got to do something else. And the Bible has answers for that too. Counseling does not work with these fools. Now, again, this is where the heartbreak. I just explain to them over and over and they just break my heart. Yes, that's their characteristics. That's who they are. We're not expecting them to act differently than what they are. That's what they're going to do. You need to correct them severely. Get their attention. The Bible says in Proverbs 27 or 26 and verse 3, a whip for the horse and a bridle for the ass and a rod for the fool's back. With the back here carrying the idea of the backside. 
applying the seat, uh, the board of education to the, to the seat of knowledge, helping them out. They need severe punishment. They have to recognize what they did was wrong and they have to associate that with a consequence because they're not going to learn if you don't apply it and they're just going to get worse. They do not get better by themselves. Judgments are prepared for the scorners who we'll talk about next time and stripes for the back of fools. That here we're understanding the Bible is very clear. When you get to this idea of fooldom, this is the only way to reach them. Now, once again, I implore you, we need to reach them when they're still the silly fool or preferably the simple fool. When you get here, you have to correct their behavior severely in a way that they understand the correction because they've already despised knowledge and they're going to fight you on this. And you're going to have to work hard. It is much easier to get them at the early fooldoms. But let me tell you, I've counseled over the years with many people who get their kids in this, in this idea of fooldom here and they still think that they could do some other thing, pat them on the head, and they will change. They will not. A sensual fool who refuses to listen has to take the next step, and that's more severe punishment. The sensual fool is unreasonable. What does unreasonable mean? You can't reason with them. You are not going to talk them into submission. They're going to despise everything that you say. They won't listen. They have no reason to listen to you because you've never corrected them before. The fool has learned to deceive and hide things from authority. Now we start to learn a little bit more. They become master little liars. These are the kids who learn how to steal from mom's purse. These are the ones that learn how to steal or sneak out the window. These are the ones that have learned to hide their internet password and internet things. They become master thieves, master sneaks. They learn how to deceive. They will lie to you to their face. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do this. I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, I was home all last night. No, I'm not watching anything I'm not supposed to. They will lie to your face and say it with a straight face the entire time. I didn't take anything from your purse. I don't know where it went. These people, this is dangerous ground here. This is where hearts are starting to get broken. But you can't give up. You have to, they could be salvaged. A foolish son is a grief to his father and a bitterness to her. Who's that her? Mom. To them that bear them. This is an awful place to be where mom's heart is so broken because of what her kids have done to her. By the way, it was her fault. And you say, you're being mean. No, I'm trying to salvage whatever we can. That the kids are, need to be corrected at the earlier fooldom. They were allowed to get this spot. They were not corrected. They were not showed punishment. It needs to be fixed. And it needs to be up there. And if they get to this idea of fooldom, there's a lot of broken hearts. So it's a shame. Oh, so it was your son that robbed the liquor store. Yeah. 
I mean, that's hard to hear when everybody in town knows what your kid has done wrong. You can't hide it now. A broken heart. Well, you know what your daughter's been doing? Those are hard. It breaks hearts. Proverbs 18, 6 and 7. A fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. Let's sum this up. Talking back to authority should get you in trouble and you should be punished. What's happening is that their mouth has got to the place where they deserve punishment. It is never proper for you to talk back to parents. Ever. It is never proper for you to speak to your parents with disrespect. It's never proper for them to lie. But they get to the place, this is one of their characteristics. Not are they mouthy like the silly fool. They're at the place where they're downright despising, talking back. I hate you, mom. How dare you take away my fun? This is, that deserves instant correction. You don't let that go on. Now, I say this, and yet so many people allow this to go on. You, it has to be corrected. It should never correctly, never allowed. You know, in the South, we used to have to say, if I talked to my mama like that, she'd beat me into next week. Amen. It is never proper for a child to talk back to their parents ever under any circumstance to show them disrespect. This is that level of fool. If a child is reached here, you already kind of know what fooldom they've got to. A wise man maketh a glad father, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Now this isn't pretty to watch some punk kid despise his mom, call her down, make her feel small, make her feel like she was trash. But this is his mouth talking. I don't care what you said. Who are you? You're not going to tell me what to do. Kills his mom. But this is him. He actually gets to the place he despises his mom. Now, there's a lot of psychology that goes to the back of that. But he gets to the place where he despises mom. So let's cover some characteristics. What are the sensual fool like? Well, they sneak out with wrong friends. Whether it's from school, whether it's from home, they sneak out. Remember, they're liars and they're deceptive. They'll sneak out. They're not supposed to, but this is what they want to do. This is what makes them happy. They're involved with drugs and wrong habits. Very often, by this place, they're trying drugs. Why? Because it makes me feel good. It's what I want to do. Remember, their God is their belly. It's what their belly tells them to do. It's what feels good at the moment. So they've tried sex. They've tried alcohol. They've tried drugs. And they're open to try more if it makes them feel good for the moment. They are engaged in immorality, as we said. They've already stepped into sexual sins. Sexual sins have already started to creep in, by the way, at that other fool, the silly fool. They started to try it. By now, they're engaged in it. And it is something that they put in there. Whether it's pornography or actual physical acts. But they're engaged in immorality. And they're skilled in deceptions. They are masterful liars. They could blame it on someone else and get away with it. They could lie to you and have such a deadpan face that they're serious. Yeah. 
They are skilled in deception. So what are the treatment? How do we fix them? How do we work with them? Well, we turn them over to our court system. Now, up to this time, you don't call the police. If your kid's not going to bed, don't call the police. If they're stealing from you, you call the police. If they run away, you call the police. You say, but I don't want to do that to my child. Listen, that's part of the problem. They need severe treatment. They need consequences. The worst thing you could do at this stage is take away their consequences. They must have consequences. And if they're getting the place where they're breaking the law, you call the police on them. But I don't want to ruin them. They're already ruined. We're trying to salvage them. We're trying to help turn them over to the court system. Conquer the three root problems. We're going to cover that in just a bit, what the three root problems are, and this is going to be a help. But this is part of their problem, is they have three root problems, and one of them, and they need to be addressed. And we need to work with that to help give them the healing they need. Break wrong soul ties. You see, because their God is their belly, they're now all in emotion. Well, I know that you don't want me to hang out with him, but he's my soulmate. This is where that idea comes from. We're just bonded together. You could never break us apart. Yeah, we're breaking you apart because they are hurting you. They're bringing you on. We need to break those soul ties. We need to break them. Don't allow them to see her anymore. Don't allow her to see him anymore. But I'm going to run away with him. I understand society says by that time they're going to run away. You might as well. No, no. Absolutely not. No. Break those soul ties. You say that's going to be a fight. Yep. It would have been easier to fight them earlier. But since you got this on your hands now, win this battle. Win this battle. Learn to understand versus trust. All right. These people learn to, de- to deceive. What? You don't trust me? I just can't stand it. You just don't trust me. Yep. We understand you. I don't trust you. You know, there's a difference. You know what? I understand where you're coming from. But no, I don't trust you to go out by yourself. But it's not fair. Yep. I understand where you're at. So you have to understand. Don't allow them to fool you. Well, you just don't trust me. Nope. But what you don't, you know, it's funny. Sometimes if you could forgive the digression, some people say, well, I can go ride with this girl across the country and nothing will happen. Listen, I may trust you, but I don't trust sin. Listen here, don't put yourself in a position in the first place. There's an understanding and then there's also a trust. Listen, I don't trust sin. And we're not going to allow you to be put in a position where you're going to be tempted. We're not going to put you this. And by the way, so many people at this thing will talk their parents down with this idea. What, you don't trust me? And all of a sudden the parents feel like, oh no, I have to trust my child. No. <laughs> you broke my heart before. We're not going to do this again. No. But you don't understand. I, I do understand. And I love you very much. And I'm always going to love you. But no. 
I understand this may sound easy from up here. It is much harder in person, but it must be done. So let's cut. We talked about the three root problems. Let's go dive in this specifically. The three root problems. We know that there are secondary symptoms and secondary problems. Let me give an example. Let's say that I have a headache. The reason why I have this headache is because I'm not missing a Tylenol. The Tylenol is just treating the symptoms and not the problem. There are root symptoms and there are root problems. We have to get past the secondary symptoms to the secondary problems and past the secondary problems to the uh, root symptoms to finally get to the root problem. This takes some digging, this takes some work, but we have to get there. What are the three root problems? First of all is bitterness. Bitterness. All right, here we go. A child, you say, what do they have to be bitter for? Listen, believe it or not, every child wants correction. Every child wants boundaries. Watch these girls who have no parent authority and they get in trouble. Why? Because they want their parents to notice them. They want their parents to do something. Do you know that kids can get bitter at their parents because they weren't the parents they ought to be? This happens because the parents refuse to be the parent during the first stage of the fool and the second stage of the fool. Now that they're the third stage of the fool, they're despising their parents because they weren't the parents they ought to be in the first place. So now they're mad at their parents for not being the parents. Now that the parents want to try to be the parents, they're like, no, you had your chance. You say... That's messed up. Yeah, absolutely. This whole thing's now messed up. Sin makes things complicated. Bitterness is a big deal. They're bitter because of their parents did not be, were not the parents they ought to be when they should have been. I've heard people in the 20 something years that I've been doing this type of stuff. I have had more than one occasion, lots of occasions where some teenager says they're mad at their parents because their parents were not did not spank them, did not correct them, did not love them enough to correct their behavior. You know, that's, that's an eye-opening thing to hear. To, to see that they recognize that. My parents didn't correct me. And I'm mad about it. So forget them. Bitterness is a big deal. Sometimes bitterness may become because there was a tragedy that happened in their life. Maybe something severely awful happened and it was not dealed correctly. Sometimes by parents. Their parents didn't protect them. They did not take care of them. And that gets bitterness. Now I'm despising my parents because I didn't trust them when I needed to trust them. Does that make sense? This becomes a big deal. You want to destroy a kid right away? Don't be the parent. You want to destroy a kid right away? You will let the kid get harmed and you should have protected them or you should have done something about it. And you'll watch some kid grow up with bitterness and reject their parents' authority, and go straight into fooldom. Bitterness is a big deal. Whether it was some harm, whether it wasn't protection, whether parents weren't the parents. Listen, parents have a big thing to watch over their kids. If we were going to believe the Bible, and we do, the most dangerous place during King David's kingdom was to be indeed King David's house. Why? 
Because where was their daughter Tamar molested? In David's house. You understand that there are a lot of times that relatives are the big danger and the parents didn't do anything to stop them. You understand now we're starting to get into some deep-seated things of what causes people to go crazy. Parents were not the parents they should have been at the times they needed to be the parents. And this bitterness needs to be helped. If we're going to help this type of fool, we need to find out why they have this bitterness. If it's because the parent weren't the parent in the first place, well, then we get the parent to be the parent and we try to work with the kid to start to obey the parent's responsibility with correction, severe consequences, or this whole thing falls apart. But if you want to fix a kid in this thing, parents got to be the parent and lay down the law and build that trust again. And you could blossom a great parent-child relationship, but it takes work. If it was the idea that the parent was neglectful and allowed something to harm to them, well, then we could work on this forgiveness and letting the parent try to restore some of that. You know, we're trying to find out the cause now and try to get things fixed. We understand most of the bitterness is going to come because the parent failed to be the parent some way, somehow. So we're starting to see that we create fools. They don't become fools. We create them. Then we have the idea of materialism or greed. There are some people who just want more. Now, remember, this type of fool has got to the place where it's all about the me and the now. Now, he stepped into the fooldoms because he never got correction. But now he's starting to find out, hey, if I steal money, I could get this. Hey, I want the newest game, so I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this. Oh, I need this new TV in my room, so I need this. And so it all becomes about materialism, greed, what I can do to get there. And then we come to immorality. By the way, by the silly fool, they're already playing around with immorality somewhere, somehow, most of the time. If not, they're heading there very quick, whether it's pornography or whether it's the sexual act itself. But by the time they get to a sensual fool, they're addicted to pornography. By the time they get to a sensual fool, they're at the place where they want the immorality and they don't want anyone to stop them from that feeling, from that relationship, from that other stuff. Now, these are things that have to be taken care of and they're serious things. If these are not taken care of, you're probably not going to really get a hold of the fool. By the way, you have to take care of these things and severe correction, not the counseling. Counseling by itself you're just going to get more fools. You understand? They have to have the severe correction. They have to go back and be taught what they should have been taught in the first place. So here's our application. When a lost fool gets saved, praise the Lord, they get a reset. We get to start them off fresh. And God is able to reverse the stages of fools. That's why salvation is such a big deal. But for our church, we already know what they're going to need after that. Discipleship. They will, however, struggle with habits formed developed from being a fool. So let's say that someone got to the stage of fool. They're addicted to pornography. They're addicted to drugs. That stuff doesn't, doesn't go away with a switch. They get saved. Now we have something to work with and we could start reversing that back. But we're going to have to fight every step of the way with a pornography addiction. We're going to have to fight every way with a drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Does it make sense? 
We're going to have to work with this. But salvation gives us a reset and allows us to have with the Holy Spirit's help to start salvaging people before. By the way, there are many people who come in here looking for help. They're in this type of fools. And we're going to have to get them saved and then start walking them back from their stages of fooldom. By the way, it takes work, but man, it is worth it when they get right. It's wonderful. We know that saved people can become fools. <laughs> saved people can become fools. That if they're in early in a level of fooldom and they get saved, or maybe they got saved at a young age, but they were never corrected, they can be part of fools. Now, the advantage we have with these people is that the Holy Spirit lives within them. And that we can let God do his work. And we could do a lot of praying. And if we do our part and God's doing his part, they could be salvaged. A lot easier than someone who is lost. What there is, this is hope. If we have someone in our life that's saved, but they're a fool, we still got hope. If we do our part and the Holy Spirit does his part and we're praying as we ought, we can see God do miracles in a life that we never thought could be restored. So as a practical application, what do we have? <laughs> Never discount the work of God within someone's life. God can do a great work. Never stop praying. Never stop working. Never stop loving on these people. We need a Bible verse for this. Here we go. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, like foldom, sin, or morality, drugs, Ye that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. You know what most Christians like to do because of our pride? Because we think we're better than everybody else. As soon as someone gets down, we like to take our turn kicking. If we're spiritual, we need to do what we can to lift them up. To restore them. To try to bring them back from fooldoms. Not to kick them into further fooldoms. We need to do our part to restore and to work. Notice this. Do it in the spirit of meekness. That means that we need to have strength under control. Because by the grace of God, there go I. Every single one of us are capable of stupid things. Considering thyself, lest thy also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Our responsibility is that we need to be rescuing the perishing, caring for the dying. We need to be doing whatever we can to be salvaging every single life that we possibly can. If they come through these doors, we're going to do everything that help. You know what everyone who comes to these doors have in common? We're all sinners in need of a savior. And we have to do what we can to salvage them. That means if someone comes in here and they've been wrecked by the world, we're not going to kick them. We're not going to push them down. We're going to try to build them up and try to train them up right. We're not expecting anyone to be perfect when they come to the doors. Otherwise, we're all excluded. Amen. We're going to help every single person that we have the opportunity to help. It doesn't matter their lifestyle. It doesn't matter the consequences that they're currently carrying on their body or in their body. We're trying to do what we can to help everyone we can. We're not going to be drop kicking everybody because they're not to our standard of perfection. Because listen, someone was patient with you. You say, nah, uh well, listen, I've been patient with you. <laughs> We're going to do what we can to restore. This is our responsibility. If you consider yourself to be spiritual... We're going to help. By the way, if we're going to be spiritual, that also means that we're going to give the correction to the, our children to what we need to give correction to. 
that's part of spiritual maturity as well. And part of it is having tough messages. By the way, these aren't fun messages. These are tough. When we preach these messages, we have someone in mind. Without a doubt, every single one of you have someone in mind that we've dealt with, that we're going through, that we're brokenhearted with. We need to be praying that we could do everything we can to restore and do what we can to help and be brokenhearted. We're not glad for anyone to go off into the world or into sin. We're brokenhearted for every single one of them. And if we have the opportunity to salvage, we'll salvage whatever we can. So now brings us to the point. What do we do with this? Well, how spiritual are you? How are you dealing with those people in your life who are rejecting you, rejecting your word? Are you doing what you can? Ye that are spiritual, restore such a one. Maybe check your three levels. Is there bitterness in your life that you need to take care of? If not, you're in danger. Is there materialism, greed? Are you always trying to get something new, something bigger, keeping up with the Joneses? Or is there immorality in your life? Is there pornography, sexual sins, things that you're hiding from everyone else? Maybe you need to get those things taken care of. And by the way, I'm not expecting you to take care of that alone. Find someone that you could say, help me. Help me. Maybe there's someone tonight that needs to find someone that you trust and say, help me. Help me. Then ye that are spiritual, restore such a one. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.